Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am Pat Rulo. We specialize in author interviews, audiobook, and podcast production, as well as the prestigious Firebird Book Awards and the Positive Change Podcast Awards. We also feature our fun and short podcast that allows authors to record their own writing tip to share on our very own Boom Bang Oh My Gosh Wow podcast. And you can find that along with the rest of our offerings at speakuptalkradio.com. But today is special. I've got an exciting guest with us, a recent Firebird Book Award winning author. She is Kelda Lang Poinot, and her winning book is titled Fina, a novel. Kelda says, in 2011, I began writing nonfiction, but my fictional writing started in 2016 while facilitating a novel writing class with my students. The voices wouldn't stop talking. Vivid characters and their dialogue exploded, and writing their stories was my only relief. My psychiatrist friend assured me, Kelda, you aren't crazy for hearing voices. You're a writer. And that's all the confirmation I needed. We have homeschooled our children through graduation, and I have the privilege to influence other families and encourage their decisions to homeschool their children. For the past decade, I have worked weekly with students, tutoring a variety of subjects. I tutor a lot of math, literally hours and hours of algebra. Through church, community involvement, and teaching, I am entrusted with mentoring the next generation. I may not have birthed them, but I claim them as my own. Well, there's a longer bio on our website and ours as well, but I'm too excited to get going. So welcome to the network, Kelda. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, so much to talk about here. Let's start start right now. Congratulations on the Firebird book win. Thank you. I was so excited. It's one thing that when your friends or your family tell you that, you know, oh, I really enjoyed that story or I, I appreciate it. You know, I like these, these elements of it. But when it wins an award from complete strangers, yeah. that's when I'm like, okay, maybe it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe it is. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's good. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. We are so down on ourselves sometimes, aren't we? Or maybe it's realistic. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We but, hope for the best. We do. I do. I hope for the best. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Put put yourself out there. Yes. Oh, gosh. So the voices in your head, huh? How did that feel? The voices in my head. Um, it was a little bit, I was, I was uh, teaching a novel writing class, like, like my bio says, and um, they were struggling with some of the components of the class. It's a year long class. They end up writing a 12 chapter novel. It's really a great program. It's called the one year adventure novel. And I've facilitated it several times. And uh, I just thought, well, I need to do some of this with them. Does that make sense? Like I needed to contribute to the class just right. like I were a student of it. Yeah. And it just opened a door and it, you know, before I knew it, I had 120,000 words in a novel. Like, I don't know where it came from. And I was laughing with my friend this weekend when I was talking to her on the phone. I said, do you remember that night we were sitting at another friend's house? And I said, y'all, I don't know where this is coming from. And, you know, and her husband is very creative. He's a musician. You know, he writes music. He's amazing. And he was so encouraging. And he's just like, then you got to write it. Like, you know, there was just no, everybody else is probably looking at me like I'm a freak. But he was the only one in the room that, was just so encouraging to say, okay, oh. <laughs> you know, beyond that, like you're in the headlights look of, okay, my friend lost it. <laughs> She's hearing voices, but it's just, it's taken off. And now I'm, you know, Fina was my fifth novel. Wow. And it's just, 
been amazing. And I published my first one in 2019. So I've, I've published five books since 2019. Oh, wow. So, so prolific. Well, th this is what you were meant to be doing. And I never thought I would write fiction. I mean, I've written, I had published two nonfiction books, one about living with teenagers and one about, you know, just kind of like my spiritual journey with some antidotes and things. And, um, and then I thought, wow, you know, this, I never, I never imagined writing fiction, honestly. Well, it imagined you. So maybe that's how it, it works. Did. <laughs> it did. And the stories and the ideas keep coming. Like they, they really do flood. So. Well, we're not, we're not going to turn that faucet off, are we? <laughs> I don't want to. No. I don't want to. No, no, no. All right. Your book titled Fina, where did that come from? Well, um, well, it was a word. I originally thought it was going to be Fina, F-I-N-A, which has a, you know, I'd like to know the names of, you know, meanings of names and all this kind of stuff. And so every reference that I had was F-I-N-A, F-I-N-A. Well, my daughter-in-law, um, Chelsea, is my cover designer. And she goes, oh, no, it's P-H-I-N-A, because I have a design for the P. And I went, what? Like, <laughs> I said, what does that mean? And so we looked it up. It's a real name, Fina, P-H-I-N-A. And in some cultures, it means brave. And I thought that suits her so much better, the character, so much better than the the meaning of the F-I-N-A. And so we went with it. And that's how she got her name. So I thought that was brave and courageous or something like that. Like it, it had some very strong um Connotations. connotations. Yeah. But let's talk about the cover for a second. Um, yeah, that's interesting. The I and the N are kind of twisted in there. Just... The P-H-I-N-A, uh -huh. so the I, um, she wanted to bring it, it's, it's kind of set in kind of Roman times, like mm -hmm. Roman invasions, things, Roman governors, that kind of thing. It's fictional. It's totally fictional, but there are some of those elements. Okay. And um and so we wanted to tie in some of that, uh, I guess, the lettering mm -hmm. of the time, mm -hmm. you know, like the Roman numerals and the and yes. the different, like the blocky letters and things like that. Right. And so, uh, but but I can't say why because I didn't design it, <laughs> and I just said Chelsea, it needs to be blue because that's the color blue and silver run throughout the whole book. And I said, so it has to be blue. And she's like, okay, I can do blue. And then this is what we came up with. And she found a, a lady um, to be the cover that she thought fit the profile of the character and did a photo shoot. And then she borrowed the dulcimer that's in the front because that's the instrument that the character plays. And so she borrowed that from another friend. And anyway, it just was a beautiful collaborative effort on the cover. She did a fantastic job. And she's designed all my covers, and she's just very, very talented. Oh, so nice to have somebody in-house that you can yeah. easily, <laughs> well, true, that you could easily relate to, too, and have those back-and-forth yeah. conversations. And I knew when I saw the woman's face, there was almost a sense of familiarity. You knew that it was a real person and not... Mm -hmm. somebody's a drawing from an imagination. She looked like somebody I might know. Yeah, Chelsea met her at a party um, through mutual friends and said, oh, by the way, I'm doing my mother-in-law's book cover. May I photograph you? And she was willing. So how fun. Now she's on the cover of a book. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. I love that. I'm glad we talked about this. 
Alrighty. Well, maybe give us a peek into the storyline just so our listeners have an idea of what they can expect. Okay. It starts when Fina is probably, I don't know, probably 11 or 12 years old, 13 years old. She's, you know, middle age, middle school aged girl. Um, she is, comes from a long line of healers. Her family are all healers. And they live kind of apart from one another because they have very bright blue eyes, um, much like the lapis lazuli stone, and they have jet black hair. And when the invaders came, they, you know, years before this girl existed, um, they just sort of set themselves apart from the culture because they look so different and because they, people don't really understand, um, their abilities as healers. So they grow herbs and they, they sing to the plants to help them grow and they sing their prayers to their, to their gods, a great spirit. And so it's very spiritually entwined for her. And it's, it's, but that's all taken away from her. Lots of bad things happen. And she ends up basically living on the streets and she's living as a, as a boy in the beginning. And that's how she's found. And she's brought to the palace just to play music for the governor, just to help him sleep. That's how it starts. And then, um, you know, other events happen, other things happen. There's, you know, she's basically now at the, at the palace and that's where she's living. And she's, you know, she gets permission to do things that probably, you know, there's no other children at the, at the palace, but she's not really a child, but they think she's a lot younger than she is. And then other things happen, other events happen. And of course there's a little romance and there's some other, you know, things that are dangerous and scary and, you know, some good things and some bad things happen as, you know, our characters, our most favorite, favorite characters have to suffer. And, um, and then there is a, a good ending, I think. So <laughs> it all wraps up nicely and neatly in the end, but it's basically her life and, the the things that happened to her and she spends some time at the palace and then she spends more time um you know she does find her way back to her home um at at a at a part of the book and it's just a I think it's it's my favorite I have to say out of the five novels and the other ones that I've written that have not yet been published um she's she's my favorite oh. for many 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 reasons but she's she perseveres she's strong um, if you're looking for a, a strong, you know, heroine, she's it. I always ask folks if they miss their main character or their characters once they're done with the book. It's like, oh, I'm going to miss this person. I do. I, when I'm, you know, when it's done. Okay. So, so far when it's done, I've had something else to work on, or I've been simultaneously working on something while I was wrapping that up. So it's not like I'm left with this gap, kind of like when you finish a really good book and you know that there's going to be more in the series and it's not completed and you have to wait two years or a decade or something for the writer to like hurry up and do it. I haven't had that kind of down, but it, it's more of a, there is a gap mm -hmm. and I do miss them, but I've been very conscientious to record, have all of my books recorded for audible and, or I've recorded them myself. And so that's been super important to me because then if I do miss them or if I need to go back and just hear a part, I can just go back and I'm there and I can just move on. So I, I know that sounds odd. Like you go back and listen to your own book full. Yeah. Like I wouldn't, <laughs> if I wanted to hear a part or that was in my mind or I was, you know, 
overthinking that. Let me go hear it again. Okay, I'm good. Now I can move on. Oh, it's like visiting a friend. It's like visiting a friend or reading an old letter or, yep. you know. I get that. So your characters, when you initially set out to write them, do you have uh, a plan for them? Do you plan out like hair color, eye color, age, all those kind of things? Or do they start to take a form of their own and kind of take off? They completely take a form okay. of their own. I am not, I am not a, an outliner. Mm-hmm. I am not a, a plotter as they call it. Yep. Um, I, I was with my husband and we were having a conversation and he said, Hey, can you rub my feet? And I said, yes, but I have to speak this idea out loud while I rub your feet because otherwise I'm going to forget it. And I think it's really good. And I was just like, okay, so this is what I'm saying. I see this girl and this, and that's all I knew. And, and then it just sort of came from there. Does that make sense? Like it just was a little bit of a glimpse into her mm -hmm. and then it just, starts to open up and reveal itself with the characters. And sometimes I have to rewrite them or sometimes I have to make their dialogue sound more like them and not like another character, um, things like that. Mm -hmm. But typically I just get little glimpses into the story. And then once I get into it, it, it really does open up and develop. Right. Do you write straight through? Like once you get this idea, because you've written so much, I just want to kind of pick your brain because I know authors will maybe be interested in this. So you start a book, you start writing. What's your process? I get an idea and sometimes I write down dialogue. Sometimes I write down a scene or a location or a smell even, you know, describing what's happening in that moment. I do not write from beginning to end. I think I've never, I'm working on a novel right now that I do know the end already. And sometimes I do know the end but sometimes I don't. And sometimes I write the end and then it's not really the end. Mm -hmm. And so I have to go back and change it because nobody's, nobody's happy with it. The characters aren't happy with it. My beta readers aren't happy with it, whatever. Um, But no, I usually just, I don't even know sometimes where those scenes or where those words are going to fit in. I have no idea. And then I just kind of have to go back and, and pull it out like, you know, like a block or like a Lego piece and put it in a different location. Like, Oh, that's when that gets said. Oh, that's when that happens, you know. So I feel like I'm discovering the story continuously mm-hmm. from beginning to end because I don't always know where it's going to begin, and I don't really know where, um, you know, where all the pieces fit that have been revealed to me. Like, you know, I'll be driving down the road and I have to voice text myself because I, oh my gosh, this these yeah. words, these words, <laughs> or this scene. Oh, oh my gosh, do you write full time? I do not write full time. I tutor full time. No, not um, three quarter time. And then I just uh, write in, you know, in when it's mm-hmm. convenient. Okay. Wow. What about um, as you're ending one book or you're writing two books at the same time? How is it to keep the characters distinct and not let traits from one character bleed into the other? Right. I, my stories have been so incredibly diverse, um, with ages and characters and backgrounds. And, you know, if not, I, I was laughing with some writer friends recently. I said, I really don't know my genre. Like I know what book, like, I'm pretty sure that book goes in this genre, but I don't really, I'm not just that writer. Does that make sense? Like, I don't just write 
you know, YA fiction. I don't write just, you know, women's fiction or romance or whatever. And they have components of all of those things, but they don't, they're not just that. And so I think that's where one of, you know, it's been really interesting for me to see, um, that they are very different characters in every single one. So the one I published right before Fina was all about teenagers in high school. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> and so it's very different than Fina's experience in an occupied country. Right. You know, right. in Roman times. Very different. <laughs> so. That's kind of neat that you you have the ability just to write all over. I, I had a I had someone reach out to me and said, do you have a freestyle category? I'm like, I don't even know what that is. She said, my book just doesn't fit anywhere because I don't know what it is. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. Right. And the people in my audience, that's been a challenge, you know, because one of the things you, you target in a marketing class or you target in, you know, trying to, to, get your writing out there is who's my audience. You know, they always say, who's your audience? Who, who's going to be your reader? Who do you want to um, really, you know, move into? And it's easy. Like if I were sci-fi fantasy, I would know my people, right? If I were just cozy romances, I would know my people. But it's a little bit more challenging when I don't really know who my reader is going to be for a specific book. Mm-hmm. And the things that I've you know, when you do a little bit of demographics and things like that on some marketing, which I'm not proficient in that at all. I, I barely dabble, but I need to do more as a self-published author. And, you know, as I, as I look at these demographics and I'm going, yeah, I don't, I don't know who my people are. (laughs) I don't, I don't really know who, who my audience is going to be. So that's, that's a challenge (laughs) in itself. But no, my characters don't really bleed over, and no. no one has complained yet that says, "Oh, that person was just like this character in this book." No, no, I've had none of that. Well, yeah, as I look back on what you've written, they're all different, so that that would not tend yeah. to happen. Yeah. All righty, I want to touch on a couple other things. You offer coaching for authors, right? I do. Yeah, share a little bit. I became a certified uh, writing coach. And uh, actually in January, and I have been life coaching and consulting and doing many things in other arenas. A majority of mine has been helping homeschool families homeschool their children. And I've been doing that for over 20-something years. And it just seemed like, okay, I got this writer's, I mean, I got this life coaching certification during the pandemic, because what else do we have to do, right, but take online classes. And then I thought, you know what, when I had the opportunity to do it for writers, I got very excited, because I think there's a different kind of, and it's not just writers, it's any creative, because I think we get so wrapped up in the project that we don't see maybe the the path or maybe what's hindering us. And so it's been really fun to see the, the outcomes of people that I've worked with who maybe felt like they had writer's block or maybe they just, you know, were kind of frustrated in the project. And then you start breaking it down and you really talk some about the emotion of it and some of it about the logistics and prioritizing the path. And so they don't feel so overwhelmed Mm -hmm. by trying to get what they want accomplished. All right. So authors can reach out to you if they have. They can. Mm -hmm. I have a website, keldalangpoinot.com. They're welcome to uh, reach out to me. Um, for those services, you can just have a, a one session or you can, you know, four or six sessions 
and really work through a whole project. Right. All right. Excellent. Excellent. So many talents here. Um, <laughs> well, and speaking of that, I, I don't want to leave today without talking about homeschooling, um, especially during these times. Uh, I would imagine you're finding there to be more of an interest. Yes, mm-hmm. there are. I, I, a friend of mine had introduced me to Patreon, um, probably about six months or a year before we were all quarantined. And she said, you have so many workshops under your belt that I have done for homeschool families over the years. She says, you need to put this in a safe place. Like you need to record this. You need to put it out there for families that they can find, um, or that you can direct them to. And, you know, cause there's, there's a lot of questions and uncertainty. And then when the, when we're all at home and all the kids are home and their moms are like, we're going to fall behind. We're freaking out. We don't know what to do. And I said, okay. So I started a vlog on YouTube called Hey Miss Kelda, which is how everyone starts everything with me, whether it's my students or whether it's parents. Hey Miss Kelda. And they just have a question. And so that's just how that started. Hey Miss Kelda. So I answer a lot of questions on the, on the vlog. And it just sort of grew from there. And I, I mean, like tomorrow I have a consultation with a family and they're considering, um, you know, withdrawing from school and homeschooling this next year. And this is what I've done for 15, 16, 17 years, just helping families coordinate that, understand what their registration requirements are with our state, um, understanding that it's not illegal and that, you know, they're not, as long as they register correctly in our state and follow the rules in their state, then it's going to be, they're not going to be truant, you know, and it doesn't have to be expensive and it doesn't have to be overly complicated to educate your child at home. And so I recently, I just finished, it'll probably be out in the next couple of months, um, depending on how quickly I can get the audio done, that I've written a homeschool book for families to encourage them in that process or just to comfort their fears that they're not, you know, ruining their children or something. Um, because there is, there's so much uncertainty when, when you know school and you know, private school or parochial schools or, um, public schools. And then now you're going to, um, do something different. You're going a little bit against the grain, even though it is so much more common. And, you know, before, before the pandemic, we were all, you know, the, the numbers of homeschoolers were steadily increasing across all demographics. And now, since then, they have increased exponentially. Mm-hmm. So just the numbers of people in the United States who are homeschooling is quite staggering. And it's kind of impressive that this many parents are taking the responsibility for their children's education in a whole different way than they probably ever considered wow. before. I love this movement. Um, if I had, if I was young and had children, I definitely would, would homeschool. My brother and his wife, they lived on a hundred acre farm and they had animals and gardening and, and farmers markets and they homeschooled their two daughters. And just what they learned, you know, outside of the typical academics is just life changing. The one, and she finally ended up going to a couple years of uh, traditional public high school. She was the prom queen, the valedictorian, and the other sister is an RN. And it's just such a proud time, you know, that, that these children flourished and learned so much more and spent some, so much quality family time and home time and the, just the relationships. I just think it's a beautiful thing. 
it, it's been a wonderful thing for our family. I know it's not right for, for many families, and I would never, ever presume that it's right for every child or every adult that is, that is, you know, that has children and needs to educate them. Um, but it is a beautiful thing. And when everybody's on board, it works. Mm -hmm. It just works. And it, you know, you are your parent, you are your children's first teacher. Yes. You help them learn to walk and to speak and to do magical things that you were like, Oh my gosh, every day is a new day and it's an awakening. And, you know, homeschooling, homeschooling can be a lot like that. And there, there are hard days. And like, I would never tell anybody, oh, yeah, it's a cakewalk. No, no, it's not. You're still, you're still helping to raise young people into the world to, toward adulthood. And, you know, it's challenging. That's a, that's challenging period. But, you know, if it's the family time, the commitment to one another and, and our overall, you know, learning and, you know, my kids grew up together, mm -hmm. like they are close and they prioritize that really those relationships. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Well, the other piece to this is that the parents have to be able to be home. I mean, so many parents, well, maybe not so much anymore, uh, because many people are working from home. But in the past, when you had two parents who were gone all day long, how do you manage that? And, you know, who takes care well, of the I've, children? I've worked with, I've, I've helped, you know, you know, encouraged, helped get organized single parents, numerous single parents who have sole custody of their children. Um, yes, you do need, you do need resources. You do need other adults around. But by the time the children are in high school, they're pretty independent. Sure. They're pretty independent learners. And so they do have those options, you know, um, with, with online instruction, mm -hmm. you have, you have options with, you know, if you plan it all out and there's just another adult there, um, who can, who can facilitate that or who can help, um, you know, just monitor it and make sure it's getting done and be accountable to that. You would be surprised. And you know what? This is another thing that, that I think we, as long as the children are taken care of during the day, we have 180 days worth of school that we're required to do. But last time I counted, there's 365 days in a school, in a, in a calendar year. Uh -huh. And in the time that we homeschooled three to four hours a day, that's probably the time you're spending every night doing homework. Yep. So if you look at it that way and say, okay, mom, ha mom and dad both have to work these hours, you know, child is here, here's your independent work, maybe there's family members that are helping take care of them, maybe they go to work for, you know, part of that time now that parents are working more from home, it is, it's way easier, um, but you still have weekends and every evening, mm -hmm. and if you're, and if mom and dad can have a schedule where they kind of alternate or that they, you know, one goes in early, one goes in late, you'd be surprised at how much school you can get done mm -hmm. in, in those parts of the day that you take for granted that school's only going to take place from 7.30 to 2.30 every day? I don't think so. Right. Homeschoolers don't have to do that. We don't have to have that same rhythm. If we wanted to do school over the weekend because we knew our cousins were going to be out of town, you know, back in town and out of school on Monday and Tuesday, well, we're sure as heck going to do our school on, you know, over the weekend mm -hmm. so that we can go help do that. Mm -hmm. You know, are we going to do it the night before so we can have an extra day out with dad at work the next day or something, you know, we just, you don't know. 
Yeah. So it's, it's the flexibility, I think, that as long as it's a priority and it's getting it done, it doesn't matter what time of day it gets done. Oh, so true. That just makes it so accessible. It does. Yep. And I, But I think because we are limited in what we know yes. and what we're familiar with and what's comfortable that we think, oh, well, this is when school happens. No. No. Okay. Like, it doesn't have to happen during those hours. Well, we learned a lot here. I'm going to say, hey, Miss Kelda. (laughs) (laughs) We do. Hey, Miss Kelda, is there anything we missed that you wanted to talk about today? I I would just encourage, you know, right now I've I've spent the last, um, probably about the last six weeks writing this homeschool book. I know that seems very fast, but you can obviously hear I had a lot of words to say about it and um, resources already at the ready. So uh, that's in the process. So that's one thing that I'm very excited about because I just think that it's going to support and encourage families who are either considering it or who are in the throes of it right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I continue to write, um, you know, if anyone's interested in any of my titles, to so please check them out. And they're all on uh, Kindle and Audible and on Amazon. That's where you can find all my things. Oh, and share your website, too. My website, again, is Kelda Lang Poynot, K-E-L-D-A-L-A-I-N-G-P-O-Y-N-O-T dot com. And there, if you're interested in um, life coaching or in uh, writing coaching, please contact me because I would be I would be very, very honored to help you through a process toward your project. Oh, I love this conversation. We just touched on so much. Thank you so much. We're speaking with Kelda Lang Poynot. And her winning book is titled Fina, a novel. Website is keldalangpoinot.com. Well, be sure to share the new homeschooling book with us. I'm fascinated by that. I think that's something we can help get out there. So uh, thank you for today. Thank you for sharing all of this wonderful information with us. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.